0: Hello, it's Dawn and this is Versations. I'm so happy to have you here. We talk about anything and everything. It's just a potpourri of topics and that's just the way I like it. If you like surprises and you like variety, this is the show for you. Let's go.
1: A lot of the free tests are based on behaviors and they're based on stereotypes. They're not based on core motivation, which is actually what the Enneagram is founded on.
0: It, but a lot of people are in denial about what they are actually like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, how do you know that the results are accurate if people are like, no, I'm actually a super happy, easygoing person, and everyone around them is like, no, you're not. <laughs> to another episode of Donversations. Today we have Becca. Hello, Becca. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You cover so many things. So I, like I was telling you before we started recording, I have to like zero in because I kind of, I think I have undiagnosed attention deficit disorder. I really do. Like I saw all the stuff and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, where do I focus? So, but I do want to ask you about being a life coach um, because I think I've had life coaches on before, but I've never asked them exactly like when would, when or why would somebody
1: seek out a life coach? Yeah. That, and that's a great question. Cause I feel like life coach is one of those jobs or titles or roles that you see everywhere. And it's like, okay, but what is that? Or what do you do? Or, or what's the point right. kind of thing? So, right. um, I will preface this by saying that, every coach is going to have their specific different kind of niche that they focus on. But in terms of general, like, what is a life coach? What does a life coach do is um really helping you examine where you are right now in your life and where you want to be and how to get to where it is that you want to be. So I like to tell people that the difference, the primary difference between therapists and life coaches besides the fact that we are not mental health professionals um, with that kind of training is that therapy is more so focused on the past and what has happened in the past to bring you to where you are now and life coaching is more like we might touch on the past a little bit to see how it's affected where you are now but I care more about where you are now and where you want to be and how to get you to where you want to be in the future because we can't change the past but we can build the future that you want
0: Do is it is there like a common block for people or is it different like all across the board mm. there's all kinds of things that block people.
1: So there there are a lot of different things that will block people. I from in my practice, I have started I use a a modality called uh, NLP or neurolinguistic programming that lets us talk to the conscious and subconscious mind at the same time because a lot of our blocks are actually on a subconscious level. That mm-hmm. are we're not probably not even aware of, but they can be stuff that's been passed down to us. They've been s- stuff that has just been integrated to us, that we might not even be aware of how it's happening. Um, and so I focus on that, and I focus on um, the the pressures and expectations that society and our families and the people in our lives have led us to believe that we have to who we have to be, what we have to do in these kind of roles that we feel like we have to step into these shoes to be. And helping people realize what are you actually here to do? Who are you here to be? What is actually correct for you? Let's take down all these walls and help you build a life that's actually true to you so you're not trying to be somebody that you're not.
0: Right, and I love that whole topic of belief systems. To me, it is just so intriguing because a lot of the reasons why we are the way we are is because of the way that we were brought up, and we were we were told whether it was a teacher or a parent or just somebody along the lines that kind of instilled these beliefs in us that made us feel like, oh, that's the way I'm supposed to do it, or that's the way everybody else is doing it, so that's the way I'm gonna do it. And mm-hmm. so interesting, I love that stuff. Um, okay, so. With the Enneagram. Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Say it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. Enneagram. Enneagram. Okay. So I got the book, The Road Back to You. Have you read that?
1: I have. That's a good one.
0: That It's just so interesting to me that in archety- archetypes. So what, mm. one question that I have, do they change? Do they change throughout your life? Are you born with a type and you stay that type your, and you're meant to stay that type your whole life or does it change with age or life experience?
1: They say that your Enneagram is formed within the first six to eight years of your life usually um, and it's a balance between maybe some innate tendencies that you're naturally born with or if you believe in like um, being born with a soul mission we'll say um, you're here to to take on these certain lessons in this lifetime that you're kind of born with these natural tendencies if you will. Uh, with a balance of kind of what you were mentioning a little bit ago is the, you know, the experiences that we have from those around us and things that a parent has said or that you've experienced with a teacher or peers that influence the way that we view the world. And those components together will make up your Enneagram type. In terms of it changing, the what I was taught and what I've read and what I believe, there are some people that will say that it can change. Um, I don't believe that your your core Enneagram type will change in your lifetime, but I believe that the more that you learn about your type and the more that you learn about the integration and disintegration of your Enneagram type and the, the ways that we go when we're in a healthy state versus an unhealthy state, and I think the more that you grow and develop as a human, the idea behind the Enneagram is then to find the balance of all nine energy types so it's not like a, this is my enneagram type this is why i do what i do period done this is where i'm at right that's just limiting into to the ego tendencies so you you learn the type so that you can then learn to unlearn those behaviors and find balance and well-roundedness
0: is there, can somebody be more than one? Like, is there a type and a half or like, oh, they are mostly, uh, four, but they kind of sometimes act like a nine or whatever.
1: Um, so no. Um, and okay. that is something that like a lot of people, like, it's like a whole thing. <laughs> um, so That's they okay. have, <laughs> yeah, we're here. like, <laughs> um, so you have one, one core motivation, One thing that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough in the Enneagram groups and social media and things like that is they have something called a subtype. So technically, each Enneagram type has three subtypes within it. So there's really 27 types if you're going to get real deep with it. Right. Um, But each of those three subtypes have the same motivation. It just shows up a little bit differently. So if people are looking at one or the other and they're saying well I'm a little bit of this I'm a little bit of that look at the subtypes within it and it makes it a little bit clearer you also have something in Enneagram called wings which in the way that I was taught um wings are a little bit less important so a lot of people will say like oh well like I'm a four wing five um so I have a little bit of four and five together Mm -hmm. and it's the way that I was taught and the way that I I have experienced for myself to be true is like you have your main type so like maybe you're a four and maybe like you'll have a little influence of the three and five on either side as like a little flavor to your your four but you don't change your type or you're not I think personally I think that the wings are a thing that a lot of people will use to kind of say this is how I this is why I do what I do this is how I am so it's like okay well I'm a four wing five so like this is it and it's like But what what if you bring that three-wing in a little bit more? What does that feel like? Um, Yeah,
0: so when you said that you learned about it uh, or how how you did learn about it, you know, there's like a 5 million tests out there that you can take. And there's mm -hmm. one that's like 170-some questions. And then there's other ones that you can take that are like – 15 questions so how do you know which one because there was one that I took and I ended up one type and there was another one that I took and I ended up a different type and that's why I was asking about the two types because it wasn't a wing type of situation and Mm -hmm. so I was like hmm so I'm sure there's a bunch of different tests out there which one is it that you think is the most accurate for how you learned
1: yeah. So I'm going to be real honest. A lot of the free tests on there, I am not a fan of. Okay. Um,
0: that's it, good to know though. Cause that's what yeah. people do. They Google.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, well, cause you're like, I, I, you know, I don't want to pay a bunch of money to take this test, but I want to learn about myself. And then it ends up confusing you even. And then I feel like the yes. more that you take the different ones and you get the different results and you're like, I guess I'm a lost cause. That's like, just
0: it. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a mutt. I'm at the humane society. I'm, I'm something yeah. of everything.
1: It drives me crazy because it's like it's such a powerful tool. But um, the problem with a lot of these free tests, and I found this with Myers-Briggs as well, because I learned Myers-Briggs first and then I found the Enneagram, is a lot of the free tests are based on behaviors and they're based on stereotypes. They're not based on core motivation, which is actually what the Enneagram is founded on. Um, Any of the nine types can do the same behaviors. The key is the motivation of why are you doing that behavior?
0: Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you try and figure people out when you meet them? Are you like, Hmm.
1: Uh, I I used to like, especially when I was actively learning the Enneagram and, you know, trying to talk to people and and get a feel for them. And I'm at the point now where if I talk to somebody long enough, I can at least, if I can't figure out like their main type, I can figure out like, okay, you're probably this or this or this. Yeah. Um, but I try not to because of you. Don't always know somebody's motivation for why they're doing it. The, a lot of times, because the enneagram is, um, it's very internal. It's very uh, like ego in terms of safety, security, well-being, wanting to be loved. A lot of people won't actually show that, you know, or want to show that so openly and vulnerably, depending on the type. So you might look at somebody and say, "Oh, you're doing, you're doing A, B, and C. You might be this type. They could be." And Or they could be a different type that's just showing this behavior because that's more comfortable than showing the actual motivation um, that they're experiencing on the inside. Oh
0: my gosh, that just makes my brain go crazy. (laughs) So when people are learning this stuff, is it to figure out what the negatives are about that type so that they can correct them and Mm, have a better life? That's a good question.
1: That's what I did when I found it was... I wanted to see um, what my unhealthy tendencies were and what was on the other side of that. Like, what is actually possible for me? What does growing look like to me? And a lot of times, I think with learning your Enneagram is you realize a lot of things that you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was unhealthy. I thought, you know, this was mm-hmm. how I needed to live. You know, it's how I need to live to survive. I thought this was me being a productive adult. And then you realize, oh, actually, maybe how would this look to not do that? And it can be really intimidating and scary, but I think it helps give you a framework of what's possible for you.
0: So going back to the life coach thing, like, okay, I walk into your office and I say, you know, I just don't have direction. I just can't seem to figure out what it is that I want to be quote when I grow up, you know, type of thing. Do you start with the Enneagram like you try and do a kind of a test and see their personality type or what what do you
1: do from baseline um yeah so I do a little bit of both so um in addition to the Enneagram I'd use uh, Myers-Briggs and I use human design so I'll usually start with human design because I'm like okay I can kind of get a feel for for your energies and the direction and and um how to communicate things to you in a way that's going to resonate and I feel like with human design is then um giving the tools of of teaching someone or not teaching someone but like explain to someone how to make aligned decisions because no matter what information we go through in the sessions you need to be able to know how to take this with you on your own when I'm not there talking with you right so I'll usually start with that and then I'll integrate the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs in a little bit more and kind of let's see what potential blocks are coming up okay this might be why.
0: So you just said something that just made my mind explode. So you, when you figure out what type, whether it's through human design or whatever, that tells you how to communicate to that person in a way for them to understand Mm -hmm. the best because based on their type, they have to be talked to in a certain way. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Certain things will resonate differently. And it's the same with Enneagram and with Myers Briggs. Um Yeah, all three of them will influence the way that you can communicate to somebody that will oh resonate. Oh my with gosh,
0: them. that is so so what is your type?
1: Uh so for Enneagram or <laughs> You name all, it. All of the things you tell okay, me everybody. I'll just like dump them all out. So in Myers Briggs, I'm an INFJ. In uh, Enneagram, I am a self-preservation six, and then, um, and I can get into this a little bit too, but in terms of tri-type, I'm a six, four, nine um, tri-type, and then in uh, human design, I'm a six, two reflector.
0: Okay, what is a six? What's the main quality of a six huh. for the? Uh,
1: so an Enneagram six is usually what's called the loyalist, and uh, sixes motivation is a fear of not being safe or secure. And so they tend to um, look to others to be an authority figure, to guide them and protect them, but then also don't feel like that they can actually trust other people. So it's kind of this dilemma of, like, wanting to trust and rely on people, but then not trusting and relying on people, Whoa. but wanting to feel safe and secure and just kind of feeling a little... Um, they say a lot of sixes will like over plan and worry and have a lot of anxiety and or the kind of stereotypical um, approaches of a six the over preparers worst yeah. case scenario planners like <laughs> that kind of vibe so
0: when you were reading it back to, after you took the tests and stuff and found out were you like I'm offended <laughs> oh no I was <laughs> they, like they that nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like
1: yep that's That's it. And then it's been interesting since, so I first learned about the Enneagram back in 2015, late Mm -hmm. 2015. And uh, learning about, so when you learn about your type, then you have these stages of healthiness and unhealthiness. So it's like at the most unhealthiness stage, this is what a type six looks like. And at the healthiest stage, this is what a six looks like. And everything in between. And reading, you know, kind of and being able to see like oh yeah I remember being at this place oh yeah I, be- I remember being at this place and seeing I remember at the time looking at the healthiest levels and I was like oh no like there's no way like that that's not that I didn't believe it but I was like I, I didn't believe at the time that I could get to that place it was like that feels so scary to be so like a six and um when they move into healthiness they take on the positive traits of a type nine which is very like self-trusting kind of like a go with the flow. Don't feel the need to plan and prepare for everything.
0: Yeah. And
1: um are very like more self-reliant but not in a survival competitive standpoint. It's just being very comfortable within the self. And, and I was that's like That's where you're at. Yeah. I definitely feel you know, if not at the top point, I feel on the higher level where, you know, like I I mentioned earlier moving um moving to Oregon a few months ago. I moved to a town that I'd never been to before didn't know anybody here and it's been the best thing and I've just I've had to become good with myself and trusting that I am capable of taking care of things and making it happen and uh, not needing anyone to to validate my decisions for me and that was kind of a moment of of realization of how much I've grown because you know eight ten years ago I would not have done that
0: <laughs> yeah that is huge. Kudos yeah. to you. Thank you. I mean, visiting, traveling alone, or, you know, can be scary, but moving, moving from a state mm-hmm. to another state, that is huge.
1: Yeah, just packed everything up and
0: and left. So that's where you're at right now is more in a nine area?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So to answer kind of your question before of, like, you know, being more than one type is if, you know, somebody asked me, what's your Enneagram, I would still say a six because, My core motivation is still wanting to feel safe and secure, but instead of leaning into the unhealthy tendencies of a six or saying like, well, I'm a six, so I'm anxious and I need to plan and prepare for everything and I need this validation from others. Now I feel like I'm at a point where I can sense when that motivation comes up and I've gotten to the point now where I will... um, Specifically, take time to myself if I feel like I'm clinging to somebody or needing validation or reassurance. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the rest of the day for myself and like spend time alone and trust that uh, the answer is going to come to me when I have it and creating a little bit more spaciousness there so that I'm not relying on anyone else. So, Realizing, like, different, and this is where you know, again, kind of the behaviors have changed. So, the motivation is still the same, and I can see it when it comes up, but the behaviors I do are different than they were before. So, that's where if you see somebody acting a certain way, they could potentially be that type in a normal circumstance, or they could be using the healthier behaviors of the type they've integrated to, or the unhealthy behaviors they've disintegrated to. Um, you don't really know until you like really get to know somebody
0: right Mm -hmm. gosh well I know that um the human design that involves like your your birthday and stuff too like your astrologicals Mm -hmm. so do you find out all of that stuff from people too have you delved into all the astrology type
1: I do I so I don't know um like traditional astrology but uh Mm -hmm. human design does use uh astrology within it so I have some knowledge there that uh can kind of integrate into that too and it's interesting being able to see like some um I haven't gotten quite to I would say the point of doing it with everyone yet but like when I look at my own chart I can see parts of my chart my human design chart that come up that reflect similarly to Enneagram experiences um and yeah in terms of the growth that is within the human design chart or like the shadow sides of certain aspects I'm like oh that shadow seems very reflective of my Enneagram shadow you know
0: okay so I went to your website Mm -hmm. and um, I took your little quiz that was on there how many different (laughs) (laughs) how many different outcomes are there because I know what I got but how many different ones are there that people Um. get
1: Yeah. So for the, so I have a a butterfly archetype quiz on my website for kind of your next steps in growth and healing. And there's three potential outcomes. Um, And when I made that quiz, I actually did use a mix of Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. Um, Not so much human design at the time, but um, a blend of those, mostly those two together to formulate the, the three different archetypes.
0: It, but a lot of people are in denial about what they are actually like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you, how do you know that the results are accurate if people are like, no, I'm actually a super happy, easygoing person, and everyone around them is like, no, you're not.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's um. So that's kind of where coaching comes in handy is asking the right kinds of questions. Um. Because yeah, some a lot of times, and I even know people that are very happy-go-lucky, go with the flow and you know on the surface probably seem at this certain level but if you ask a question of you know are you avoiding certain like depths or feelings or like how would it feel to sit with this uncomfortable situation a little bit longer instead of just going to the next thing mm-hmm. um and really challenging them and and I assign a lot of uh I I don't like calling it homework because that feels weird but like assigning stuff to my clients in between sessions so like hey when this comes up try seeing what happens if you do this um and play with it experiment with it there's no right or wrong it's just an experiment but like seeing where the the discomfort comes up and okay let's explore that discomfort or the resistance and for what purpose is that showing up for you
0: yeah, and breaking patterns because mm-hmm. we're so stuck in our patterns and we don't even realize it We just because we just do them all the time. It's the way we've always done them our whole lives. So we assume it's, quote, unquote, normal. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I have found, so, um, and I guess you had asked me earlier about quizzes that I recommend. So I um, have been learning Enneagram for a few years and then uh, got certified as an Enneagram practitioner through the uh, Integrative Enneagram IEQ9 uh, assessment and this has been like the best assessment that I found of all of them um okay it's very lengthy but you get like a 40 page report and it goes into everything so when I tell you like it goes into wings the integration disintegration lines the the subtypes the tri-types like it goes into everything in detail and um I found that you know getting those results and going over those with people is uh most of the time I don't I haven't had a session with anyone yet who's been like that that's not me that's incorrect they're usually like oh yeah that's they nailed it um but it's a lot of questions and it double checks everything um so that's the one I would recommend not just because I do but that's part of why I got certified through them is because I took the test and was like no this is the real deal
0: yeah and and that would that tell you where your blocks are
1: it, it does. Yeah. So it'll okay. give you like in, the re- in your results, in your report, like some certain areas, of, you know, tendencies that you might have or um, little, um, what do you call them? They're like, I don't want to say like exercises, but like, yeah, try this out, see how this would be, or, you know, how would this show up differently for you? So um, mm-hmm. it's pretty extensive.
0: What's your, what's the favorite thing of yours? What's your favorite thing to do about oh, in terms your of job? Oh, like Just all of it. Modality. Yeah, I just, what, oh. what do you love? What
1: are you just like, ah,
0: this is my favorite. I love doing this.
1: Mm. I, oh man, it's so hard to choose like a modality in particular, <laughs> but I would say like something I've experienced both with the, the Enneagram and human design so far is, being able to to talk with someone and share something with someone and you see this light bulb moment go off mm-hmm. with them where it's like everything just makes sense. Because like I said earlier, I feel like so many people, you know, including myself, were raised to feel like who you are is wrong or what you're doing is wrong or how you do something is wrong and you need to do things this way because this is what's acceptable. This is what's quote unquote normal. This is what we want from you. And to realize that there's actually nothing wrong with you, like, this is just you. And it, this moment of acceptance and understanding and peace of, okay, this is, this is, you know, you're not fighting yourself anymore. You're right. Like, this is-
0: Liberating.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So uh, is it helpful, and maybe this is completely... Um, dumb question but is it helpful for people in their careers like um, if they are one type and say that it completely goes against whatever their job is that they're doing goes against whatever their type is where Mm -hmm. you would say "Um, are you happy in your job because Mm -hmm. actually I think that you'd be better off writing a book you know like is it something
1: like that where it would change people's trajectory and where they're headed in their life Oh, absolutely. Um, And I can say firsthand that that happened with me is, um, you know, my my 20s were mostly spent with uh, good intentions, 100%. But, you know, my yeah. mom was like, you need to get a government job. And like she would send me job postings. And I was like, I tried working like a desk job once, twice, I guess. And yeah. I can last like three months and then I get real depressed. I hate it. But it was like, you know, this is a stable job. This is a secure job. This is gonna like be a great job for you. This is where you need to work and what you need to do. And I try, you know, I tried for a while. And I've always kind of led more towards creative jobs mm-hmm. or um, artistic jobs, freelance jobs. I like the freedom and independence. I like being able to do different things every day. I like the fact that I have so many different tools and interests yeah being able to, like custom make my own career path and schedule with that that going to a nine to five at a cubicle every day is my personal hell mm-hmm. even though you would think with an enneagram six wanting stable security like that that would be perfect but it right it's it's not enough for my soul like that would feed my ego to keep me feeling safe and secure but it's not correct for me um and then being able to learn that and then say okay I, I'm i not just going to settle for this because it feels safe or I'm not going to settle for this because this is what I'm being told I need to do. And what else, you know, we have one life to live. Why would we just settle for being miserable when you right. can do whatever it is that you want? Do you
0: feel like once you went on the path towards what you should be doing, that things just came to you easier? Mm-hmm. Life flowed?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, life is still full of, you know, it's always going to have challenges. There's always going to be mm-hmm. things that come up. Um, there's always going to be areas to work on, but I would say starting coaching has been a fantastic move. Moving here, like since I moved here, things have just kind of blown up in the best way for me and yeah. aligned and like, okay, I was not meant to be in a big city. I was meant to be in a small coastal town and in a community that actually sees me and appreciates me for what I have to offer. Right. Um, you know, and like I mentioned to you before is not wanting to be um, like hustling is not correct for me. Um, yeah. Even though I do tend to juggle and balance a lot of different things at once. Cause it keeps me stimulated is um, the, the LA culture of, of having to keep up with everyone else is not correct for me. And the pressure of having to, to constantly prove yourself not correct and so yeah letting that go and and being somewhere that's more to what I want to experience
0: right so what does your mom think
1: (laughs) she's been she's actually like my biggest fan she's like I don't know what all you do but I'm gonna share everything and like she's she's been great but it's and that's where like she just wanted to help and be supportive and and this is where with even with Enneagram I'll say like learning yours is so important obviously to to know what you're doing what you're doing but then understanding other people's Enneagrams and understanding that other people's motivations are not the same as yours so while you know again she had great intentions with what she was doing and it wasn't resonating with me being able to see that with her and like within her enneagram type is like okay this is why she's doing what she's doing it it takes less of the uh or it creates less of the reactionary responses of getting mad at somebody or frustrated with them or this like rage of like why are you doing what you're doing like why don't you why aren't you listening to me why can't you do things the way that works for me and understanding like you're doing the best that you are doing with what you know right and it gives us a little bit more grace and compassion for others and their gosh
0: we all need more compassion and to give more people grace Mm -hmm. that would be
1: a perfect world um
0: so tell people how they can get a hold of you I mean do you do everything virtual
1: um, mostly virtual. I do in-person stuff here in Astoria. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of a small town. I know not a lot of people are out here. Um, right. so I do virtual coaching and sessions, um, for anyone all over the world. So, um, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and, and, um, are you on social media? I am. Yeah. So, um, social media, I'm on all the platforms at the Becca Briggs, and then if you go to beccabriggs.com is my website where you can see all of the tools and modalities and resources that I have, including the uh, butterfly archetype quiz that you took um, mm-hmm. to see, again, like what your next steps in growth are. And yeah, what did you think of the quiz and your results? Did it resonate?
0: It did. And I honestly didn't read all of it yet. I read almost all of it. And it yes, it did for sure. Um, so... I was more curious to think if you could guess what you thought my enneagram number was.
1: Mm, I'd have to talk to you a little bit more to know for yeah. sure. What um what butterfly did you get for your result though? Monarch. Monarch. Okay. So monarchs, yeah. I'll just like <laughs> go behind the curtain a little bit. Um so monarchs the motivation or the the enneagram types I kind of used with it was uh 7 uh, I think it was seven, two, and nine.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> one of the enneagrams, it was a seven, and one of the other ones, it was a two. Oh, okay, Th- yeah. That's <laughs> why I'm like, what am I? I don't, and I could see myself in both, and that's why I was so curious if somebody could be one of both. Yeah. And I, I, there's so many well, reasons why I'm asking you that because yeah. I am very. I'm a Gemini, so I've got to dual kind of personality thing. I can see two sides of everything. My personality is very adaptable, so I feel like I could waver, you know, yeah. into either. And so that's why I was like, hmm, so I wonder which one
1: I am. I'll just touch on really quick here is, like, the other aspect of why multiple types can resonate with you is – um. so you have the, the nine types, makes makes a whole circle – um, your top three, eight, nine, and one, are on what's called the, the body center or the action center. And then two, three, and four are the heart center or the feeling center. And then five, six, and seven are the head center or the thinking center. Oh, okay. So they split into three. And each three, um, their motivation is um, either action-based, wanting to feel loved. Based or wanting uh, to feel safe in like a fear base, and this is like the next step below. Like once you figure out your main type, is they have something called either like a triad or a tri type, where you have um, you end up having one type in each section that make up your three. So when I said earlier, like my uh, okay. I'm a six four nine because I my core type is a six, and I think like a six, but I also feel like a four. And I act like a nine.
0: Whoa, that is deep.
1: <laughs> so that's like a whole other layer, which I recommend like figuring out your core type first before experimenting with, with that. But it's like, if you really feel strongly towards, so like for me, example is um, six, I knew from the get-go I was like, I'm absolutely six, but I do <laughs> reson- resonate a lot with fours and and the way that a four feels. And so I'm like, well, that makes sense why you know even though it's not my main type like it does resonate quite a bit so you could potentially either be like let's say like a two or a seven but then also have that two or seven in your tri type so you could feel like a two and think like a seven and then maybe like act like either an eight nine or one to make up your okay
0: okay yeah, and that makes sense. But it was interesting when I was reading the negative things about one of those. I can't remember. If, I think it was a seven. Uh, it was like narcissistic or something like that. And I was like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like if it's something that kind of hurts like that, is that like yeah?" They usually say whatever it's...
1: makes you feel like you're getting punched in the gut is probably what, <laughs> like, because it's like the you know it's kind of our shadow side. It's the darkest side of us, and and not always what we want to show other people. But that comes out in our worst moment so you're like uh I feel so called out like okay
0: <laughs> yes like I would never I I think narcissism is like terrible but maybe I think it's so bad because it's something that I am denying in myself I don't know I just you know mm. what I mean like if you know and have met a narcissist you're like I would never want to be in that same category well and that's Ooh. kind of
1: where like some of that I feel like that shadow work comes out of like saying okay what like what's coming up that like I don't want to resonate with that because obviously there is like a stigma there but it's like can, can I think of times in my life where I, I, tr- I was actually doing that was I actually yes. being that way and like can I accept that in an unhealthy state I can be that way yeah, I love if much. you haven't read the book Existential Kink yet um I've just read it a few months ago and it's one of my favorite shadow work books because A lot of shadow work materials are really dense and really deep and really heavy, and she takes such a much lighter approach. And she talks about like getting like getting excited about your shadow or being like, hey, 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 yeah, I do that. (laughs) And like the more we do that, the more we can let go of that like shame and pressure that we put on. Like, well, I don't want to be identified with that. I don't want to be seen like that. You're like. No, like if I'm in a really bad place, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Like I get really right. competitive because I move into a three in unhealthiness. So I get really competitive. I need to be the best. Um, I can like have a tendency to like overindulge on things to like the I don't know, to feel like I'm the best or like just be careful. Right. And I'm like, oh, I've done that. And so it's just like owning it. I'll a will have bit to look that like, up. Yep. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. It's also interesting. Well, you'll definitely have to come back. We'll have to just delve into more of this stuff because it's so, uh, you can just take it in so many different directions. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I love it. Like the free quizzes online, like, you know, they have their place. I think it's good to get people into the scene, but there's just so much that they don't go into. And It's really just like the very like top surface level of the potential that the enneagram can bring to everyone's lives.
0: So interesting. Well, Becca, thank you so much for taking the time to be on here. I learned so much, and I cannot wait to have you back. I just can't wait to learn more stuff. You explained it all really well, and thank you for answering all my impromptu questions. Oh, I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. This has been great.
0: Of course. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. All right. bye Bye bye.